Welcome to Ulcerative Colitis Autoimmune Healing Journey. I am your journey guide, Jay India, and I am so happy that you are here because this is a supportive, positive environment where we can heal together. This is Advanced Ayurveda for Inflammatory Bowel Disease with Joanne Pavin. Please note, Joanne and I are not doctors. If you would like to attempt something mentioned in this episode, please consult your doctor first. Joanne Pavin is a speaker, integrated wellness consultant, certified Ayurvedic practitioner and author of the Meal Quarterly Magazine. She has over two decades of experience helping individuals and companies optimize their nutrition, fitness, meditation, and mindset to promote healthier, more balanced lifestyles. Her Ayurvedic and yoga studies include training in both the U.S. and India, Integrating multiple modalities from Eastern and Western healing philosophies, she offers virtual and on-site functional health coaching and stress management services. She is a Yoga Alliance registered yoga instructor, a licensed massage therapist, and a member of the American Association of Biocharacteristics Clinicians and NAMA, National Ayurvedic Medical Association. This episode has already been recorded with Joanne, and what I love is that she breaks everything down into an outline so you understand what's happening in your body with IBD, and you understand it with regard to Pitta. So Pitta is one of the doshas we're going to be talking about, and how if you have too much Pitta or fire in the body, that causes a flare. And then we're going to go through all the stages of disease. And then, of course, the best thing is how you can prevent a flare and also heal from a flare with Ayurveda. And you're going to hear in this episode that if you've gone too far into the flare like I was in 2021, if you have a life-threatening flare, how that needs to be addressed in a completely different way. But I think you guys are going to really enjoy this episode. I've learned some things that I've never even heard of, and I consider myself pretty well-schooled in Ayurveda, but I guess not. (laughs) So I'm so excited about this episode. Without further ado, here is Joanne Pavin. You're back for the third time. Yay. You are one of our valued guests. So I should say guest host because you're really going to be taking the reins on this episode. So Joanne, welcome. Thank you for having me, Jay. I am so glad to be back and happy to add value to your listeners' journey on their healing. Yeah. So today we're talking about advanced Ayurveda. So last week I dropped an episode on the basics of Ayurveda. So for those of you that missed that episode and you don't know much about Ayurveda, I would say pause right now, listen to the basics first because you have to understand the doshas and everything. And then you can come back to this episode. Now, for those of you, I know many of my listeners are very schooled in Ayurveda. You want to listen to this episode right away because this is advanced. So the listeners should have an overview of the doshas or the body makeup or body constitutions from last week. But I've left it up to you, Joanne, to discuss the Ayurvedic concepts of ama and agni, which are crucial to understanding how Ayurveda can heal IBD. For those of you that want to look up these concepts, it's AMA, A-M-A, and Agni, A-G-N-I. Please explain these concepts to us, Joanne. Uh, Yeah, so the concepts are important to know. The AMA and Agni are important to know. 
but I want people to have a full understanding of the integration of the mind, body, and spirit according to Ayurveda because disease starts in these three places together. There's not just one place that it starts. Typically, we have the mind that gets out of balance and we have the body that gets out of balance because the mind is out of balance. And usually that's rooted somewhere in the soul. So you have the mind, the body, and the spirit that we really need to pay attention to. And this has to come into play when you're thinking about healing anything in the body, not only UC or IBD, but you have to really analyze these three areas and where they're out of balance. So there's this common saying in Ayurveda that disease starts in two places, the mind and the gut. And the gut is the house of your soul and also your house of your digestive system. And then also in the mind. So if you have toxic thoughts, you have toxic body. And if you have toxic digestion, you also have toxic body. So we need to clean up both simultaneously in order to achieve healing. What the agni is, is actually a digestive fire. So when we look at digestion, we have these different levels, and that's where it starts because we take in our food, which builds our body up, and they say in Ayurveda, before anything, you have food because you can't have a physical body unless you're feeding it the life force from nature, right? So you have your food that you're taking in, but that food needs to be digested properly, and the way that that happens is through the digestive fire. So in Ayurveda, and many who are versed in Ayurveda will know this, it's a campfire analogy. So you have to have the right level of fire, which is pitta. This is one of where digestion is revolved around the dosha of, of pitta. Okay, pitta is fire and water. Those are the two elements that make up pitta. So in your stomach, you have to have the right digestive acids. And what happens typically in our Western world is we get, <laughs> we have like, you know, the garbage food that interrupts everything. We dump, what is it? Michael Pollan calls it food-like substances. It's not even food, right? So Michael Pollan, the food rules and, you know, the famous uh, journalist, he says it's food-like substances. So what we're dumping into our systems now in, you know, the 21st century a lot of packaged products. This is killing digestive fire, the way that we're eating on the run, the fast-paced society. This is all really killing the digestive fire. And if we don't have the right digestive fire, then what happens is we have incomplete breakdown of food, and then the incomplete breakdown of food starts to spiral into what's like a toxic sludge, and that toxic sludge is called ama. And you can really look at your body and understand ama by looking at your tongue, your ama will be present in body odor, like if you have a strong body odor or if you have a strong breath and, and the breath is, you know, there's certain doshas that come through in the breath and that's really in depth. But the breath should be clear after you brush your teeth and your gargle, the breath, your breath should be clear. There should be no odor. If there is odor coming through, that's typically a sign of ama. And also the coating on your tongue. So you got to get used to looking at your tongue in the mirror in the morning. It should just be after you brush your teeth and you gargle and you do your morning routine. It can be a light color pink. It should be a, a generally like a red to pink color. But there shouldn't be any white or yellow or green, any strong coating on the tongue. Typically after you eat something, you will always have a little bit of coating because that's the body is reflected in the tongue and that's tongue analysis, which is a little bit of a deeper subject. Those are the two things. We have the digestion, which is agni. 
the digestive fire, and then ama is the result of improper digestion. And then that ama starts to build up in the system. And when that ama builds up in the system, you start to see discomfort, you start to see accumulation of a dosha in a certain area. And that's when we get into what we're going to talk about in a little bit, which is the six stages of disease. Yeah, that was a really good overview, Joanne, because I follow Marianne Teitelbaum, who, in my opinion, is one of the best Ayurvedic practitioners in the U.S. And she's like you. She's very schooled. She studied in India for, I can't even remember how many years, but with uh, the famous one, Mishra, I think, Vajri Mishna. She's known for her pulse readings, the whole thing. And she talks about exactly what you're talking about, the idea of a hot liver. And she said that when she used to do the pulse readings in India, the pulse readings were you know, fine if the person was healthy. But she said now that she takes the pulse readings here in the US, she said everyone has this thing called a hot liver because our food is so chemical and contaminated. Her guru, Vajri Mishra, I think that's his name. Vajra Mishra. Yes, thank you. So mm-hmm. he was the first to take these pulse readings in the US and notice this hot liver. And that even like us, the healthiest people, we still have this toxic liver because we're fighting off all these toxins a day. It's all in our foods. My husband and I were just having a debate this morning, whether pasta, which comes in a box, is considered safe and fresh when it's just the whole wheat pasta, or is it just everything has to be fresh? Obviously, the best thing is everything has to be fresh. And I just did an episode several episodes ago called Ingredients I Don't Mess With because there's so many and the list was so long. So people have to understand that that builds up the ama. You're right on. You're right on. It's about food. Now, you said you got into a debate with your husband about the pasta. (laughs) I wanted to um, backtrack into that because this is the thing. There are really great semolina flowers, and usually pasta is made from a semolina flower. Now, I like to get the pastas that are from Italy because the semolina flower that is... Okay, so you're on track with that. Mm -hmm. So there are packaged products that people can buy that are good. And I think that's really important that you did your episode on the ingredients and things like that. Maybe brands that you, you know, trust and that are good sources. We obviously can't sit and make homemade pasta every night. If we right. Pasta. And, pa- and pasta isn't bad, but there are really good organic wheat that from other countries mostly because like I had might have mentioned in the past in our discussions that the wheat here, and this is majority, I want to, I'm not going to say a percentage because I don't have the exact stat, but majority of our wheat is sprayed with glyphosate and that's out. I'm not yep. being controversial. It is just out now in the public that this is a toxin. It's clogging up our system and our, our bellies and our minds and poisoning basically humans. The wheat products here, that's why people get sick. You know, unless you're buying organic wheat, And organic wheat is really the route you have to go. And you have to buy the organic uh, that's a trusted organic company that really is a certified organic company. Because now people slap organic on things and they're really not certified organic. So that's one thing that, you know, your listeners need to watch is just really get into some good brands and research your brands. So can you give us an overview of the tissues called datas and the channels? As you explained to me previously, understanding the tissues is crucial because disease flows through the body. Thus, it disrupts the balance of the doshas and lands in the tissues. The pitta, 
is flowing through the blood tissue, which is called rakta. Okay, so that's the uh, Sanskrit word. There are Sanskrit words for all the tissues. There are seven tissues, okay, or datus. They're datus, or however you, you like to, to say no, it. No, your that. pronunciation is correct. Mine is not, so datus. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but the, so we have rasa, which is plasma, okay? So that's like your lymph fluid, and that's your detoxification system. Where, you know, the lymph helps get out everything that's in the bloodstream. And the rakta is the blood. So we have... A problem with UC with the rakta tissue. That's where there is an overflow. When we get into the, the six stages of disease, you'll see that that's what, where you get the aggravation of the pitta in the bloodstream. And this also brings into the mind. So I, I can give you a picture after I go through the tissues of really what happens as a whole Ayurvedically, when ulcerative colitis, irritable bowel are diagnosed, like that's the end stage, that's a diagnosable stage, but why it happens or Ayurvedically why it happens. And then you have the muscle tissue, which is mamsa. And then you have medas, which is fat. And I don't want to miss any of them. You have uh, ashti, which is the bone and the teeth and the marrow, which is maja and shukra, which is our reproductive organs and the, and the fluids of our reproductive organs, both men and women. And the shukra is really important because that is the tissue that we're going to show what we call ojas. And ojas is another thing that people should realize is a big term in Ayurveda because ojas is a compilation of everything in balance. And so when you have ojas, you have perfect balance. You, you see it in the whites of your eyes. You see it in your skin. You see it in your body. It's the balance of mind, body, and spirit in Ayurveda. Ojas is the perfect balance of your digestion and the elimination of ama. So there is no toxins in the body and you have perfect digestion and you're showing ojas, perfect balance of mind, body, spirit. So everything is running efficiently and all the doshas are in balance. That's the goal. Yeah, that is the <laughs> ultimate goal, yes, is, is to have that. So the way that Pitta gets out of balance is we have these foods, we have emotions that happen with Pitta. You know, it's fire and water. So any kind of emotion that creates fire, like anger, aggression, jealousy, we have impatience, irritability, those are Pitta, okay? We all are born with a natural constitution or an energy pattern. That's yours specifically. And then what happens is that it gets out of balance from time to time, and you always want to bring it back to your natural balance, your natural constitution. You start with something that might be mental, that's either stress, because stress has is a stimulation of cortisol, which is very high acid, and it's very heating, and so that's causing the heat in the body. And then all the emotions that go with stress, which are usually impatience, irritability, anger, jealousy, all that all those wonderful things, <laughs> oh, the, hot, the hot-headed pittas, right? So that's uh, when you have a strong pitta, then you know that there is a tendency to be a little hot-headed. You also have this high digestion, which is high agni. So sometimes what happens is the digestion can be low, it can be high, or it can be variable, or it can be normal. Now with high digestion or high agni, sometimes there's too much acid and that overflows, and this is where the tissues come into play, it overflows into the digestive tract. You get irritation because there's too much heat. You were talking about the hot liver, right? We have too much heat when there's too much pitta dosha. So this is an aggravation. This is a good time for me to go into some of the stages of the disease, the six stages. So I'm just gonna feed them in as I hit one by one. So when you have an aggravation, 
the aggravation is just the first stage. It's the first stage of disease where something is um, irritated, like just like an emotion or digestion. You're eating toxic food, you know, and, and there's irritation in the digestive tract. Can I ask you so a you have this- question on that just to clarify? Yeah, it? go ahead. Uh, so sorry, yeah. I know you're going through this list and you're doing awesome, but I just want to clarify. When you're in that aggravation stage, you're feeling it, but it's not full on flare. It's like you're just starting to feel the symptoms or could it be like you're in a full on flare? Oh, no, no, you're not in a full on flare. Okay. And, and I'm sorry, I might have went to aggravation. Accumulation is stage one. You kind of are just a little out of balance. You don't even really notice okay, there's got no it. accumulation. And then what happens is you get into the aggravation where all of a sudden you start to see things like um, on, you start to see this irritation, you start to see the heat build up. So that would be aggravation. And that's usually what people, then people realize I'm having this. Okay. um, I'm having a situation in my digestive tract. With a combination of the mind and then the digestion, you start to have this spillover, right? You have a spillover from the normal healthy bloodstream, right? You have the heat flow into the bloodstream and that is going to be spread throughout the body along with like the toxic byproducts of digestion and along with, you know, obviously the mind and the thoughts, they play a role because obviously you start thinking something and that creates a a series (laughs) of physiological reactions, right? So that's the overflow. You have an overflow and that's going to be in your lower digestive tract. So okay. with UC, you start to have this, it's, it's an irritation, and then you start to see things happening where you're having loose stools, typically. Uh. And you can obviously add to this with your experience. When you first started noticing, was it loose? Was it loose stools? Or was it just aggravation yeah. down there? Ah, oh, that's a good question. It was definitely the start of, I didn't know it, but it was the start of colon spasms, but I didn't know what they were. I'd never had them before. So I was like, what is this? It was a little bit of pain, taking me a while to go to the bathroom. Like you said, the stools were fluffier and looser. And I just didn't know what was going on. I was like, oh, it's going to pass, you know, and it didn't. (laughs) So, yeah. No, you've gone through all the stages because you've gone to where you actually. (laughs) (laughs) Most of your listeners probably have or else they wouldn't be listening to this specific knowledge of UC. So what happens then is we're going down to that digestive area where you're having the localization. So that's where you start to get more irritation, right? And you have the tears or you have, you know, the white blood cells that are coming and attacking that area because that's what UC is, is really that over immune response to that area. So you're having that localization in the um, digestive tract. In the, in the bowel, that's localization. Okay, then that increases to where you have this manifestation of what is you see. Your doctor usually finds it. You're having like a colonoscopy or you're having some kind of introspection to find what is this? What's happening? Okay, so that's the manifestation. You don't want to get to stage six, which is where nope. there's conflict. No, <laughs> that's the complication. This is where this disease, and they call it dis-ease, you know, where it's just, it's imbalanced. You have this dis-ease of PITA. That's really what it is. It's a PITA imbalance. Ayurvedic doctors, though, they would say that you can bring anything back to balance. So you can bring anything back to balance. But when you get to stage six, it's really difficult because it's infiltrated and it's landed so deeply in the tissues. This is where like you're in stage four of cancer or where you're in this stage where you just can't reverse it. And that's where, you know, then palliative care or palliative Ayurvedic treatment would be helpful 
because it will help alleviate some of those symptoms, but sometimes it gets to be where it's just irreversible. So at stage five, most people are okay to go backwards. I would imagine that with your situation, you probably reach stage five and luckily you're where you're at, right? <laughs> I am where I'm at. I, I did have to have Western medicine. I did have to go on prednisone. I did have to go on dicycline because that helps with the colon spasm. So I did those two things and I feel like if I didn't do those two things and it would have been I couldn't have reversed it, Joanne. I'm telling you that right now. I couldn't have reversed it without that. So I have to be honest yes. with that. Um, I also want to talk quickly about a Marianne Teitelbaum. Again, one of her stories where she had a client or patient who he was stage five manifestation, then got into stage six chronic disease. He decided, which is always a terrible idea, to do a massive cleanse and liver cleanse that was not guided at all. She was not overseeing it. I want to be very clear on that. She was not overseeing it. The wife called her, said, oh, he decided to do this huge cleanse when he was pretty much almost dying. It made it worse. It made the toxins even rush more into the tissues and everything. So the guy almost died. He was in the hospital for months. He was luckily able to turn it around. I don't think he turned it around 100%, but he turned it around to where he's alive. But she just warns against this. Once you get to these stages, the manifestation and the chronic disease, and you're trying to do certain things on your own, hey, I'm going to do this cleanse. And I know Joanne's shaking her head going, please, for love of God. And that's why I'm, I'm warning people against that. Don't do it. Because I tried to do things on my own when I was in manifestation, going to chronic disease stage, stage five to six, disaster. So I don't know if you can speak to that. Oh, definitely. Okay, so this is the thing with cleanse. Okay, it's, it's a broad term when it comes to <laughs> digestion. Okay, so I agree that you don't want to do anything that's not supervised. And I would say that because everyone's issues are specific to their themselves, like there's not a turnkey program for UC or IBD. There just isn't. And it shouldn't be the same medicine that's prescri prescribed, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone has um, their own situation going on. And with a cleanse, an Ayurvedic cleanse, specifically, you are overseen by an Ayurvedic doctor if you're doing one that's, you know, a panchakarma. If you're just doing a dietary or a gentle overview of like looking at your diet and trying to clean it up, you know, that's not going to cause any issues with your UC and, and unless somebody isn't versed in what type of foods are pitta stimulating. There are a lot of foods that shouldn't be taken when you're in this stage three, stage four, stage five period of UC at the, the pitta foods I can go over in a little bit if you'd like. So you, you don't want to aggravate the situation with certain foods, but I couldn't agree more with doing something that's over the counter. There, like, there's like liver cleanses, and I particularly had one chiropractor that was well versed in health eh, that I knew for years. That uh, was actually a mentor of mine. He was uh, very bright. But what happened is he just decided to do this liver cleanse, and he had a severe reaction. Ugh. And I'm not sure what this liver cleanse was. Right. I, I didn't really get into it. I mean, but they're sold. 
online now and then in offices and things. And it's like a series of different, I guess, supplements and powder or whatever starts the cleanse. That's not like a natural process. So I want to say that an Ayurvedic doctor in India oversaw my panchakarma and it was very intense, but I felt safe. But it was so intense that when I did it, I felt like, wow, I did a Varachana, which is an elimination. It was a really intense yeah. cleanse. And if I didn't have that Ayurvedic doctor overseeing it or, it, you know, I, I trusted in, I might have felt like I could have died. <laughs> and and yeah. I don't want to make it sound like no, I don't yeah. want to make people who are listening like Ayurvedic cleanses aren't like a life or death situation. But if you do them incorrectly and you're messing with different herbs that you don't have knowledge of, you're messing with, you know, your digestive tract obviously is like the root of your life force because it's taking in your food and the nutrients. And so you, you don't want to mess with that. You want to have a really great solid practitioner, a doctor overseeing it so they can look specifically at your dosha and balance and be in concert with your medical doctor. Like you said, you couldn't have reversed your situation with out Western medicine, which is very true. Now, when an Ayurvedic doctor from India speaks on this, they're not against modern medicines, right? But they do a lot of herbology, and that herbology is uh, their medicine, and they have strong knowledge of the synergy of certain herbs that help, that people in the Western world here, like you're not just going to order from, you know, a specific Ayurvedic website, like certain herbs, and then take them without a doctor really breaking it down for you. This would be a good point for your listeners is that don't just go on, look at the yes. website and say, oh, this is good for UC. This is good for IBD. I'm going to start taking this. Have somebody guiding you through that because they really need to know how this started. It was a combination of trauma, stress, all of that stuff, right. right? So if you're working with someone to uncover that, then you know your specific issues and you're uncovering them and you're knowing what other tissues are affected too. Because it's not just one tissue that you're treating. You're treating all tissues as a whole. Your whole entire body is affected by this, and you have to treat the body as a whole, which sometimes Western medicine forgets. They'll give you yeah. a drug that's just like for one particular thing. Yeah. And and then it's really, but then they forget like your whole body's affected, like your mind's affected by the drug, your skin's affected by the drug, everything's affected by the drug, but they're thinking like the drug is just for that specific spot. <laughs> it's, yeah. So. Absolutely. And I appreciate you saying that and definitely bringing that to our attention because people with UC, a lot of us, and this happened to me, you can get into a really desperate place. And Evan Botterman, who had the total colectomy, came on and talked about this. And he was saying that he was trying anything. It was snake oil. He was in chronic disease. He was in stage six. And he was still trying everything to his credit. And a lot of it was snake oil. Oh, this cures UC. And, and you know, people just say it nowadays. They put it on the website. They, they have no idea what they're talking about. So I really appreciate you saying and warning people against, no, you have to have someone oversee things. And if you're doing Ayurveda and if you're doing a longer cleanse, you have to have someone oversee it. You have to have someone know your body. So I want to get into Panchakarma. And it's so funny, on an episode last season this is going to make you laugh, Joanne, of the show, the reality show, The Kardashians, they had an entire episode dedicated to Panchakarma. One of the sisters went through a whole Panchakarma cleanse. They showed the practitioner. They showed her going to doing all the cleansing with her husband, everything. So it was very detailed. So if anyone wants to see that episode, 
they actually did it well. I have to say it was really done that well because it was done by one of the best Ayurvedic practitioners in Los Angeles because obviously they're billionaires and they're rich so they can afford that. So anyway, it was really interesting to see it in the episode. So I just wanted to put that out there for listeners if anyone you know, just wants to see it. And so I want you to discuss what is panchakarma and how can it help counteract disease in the body? Okay. Can you tell me which one she did though? I'm interested, you know, which panchakarma she did. Like she did the one, I, I don't know the name, but she did it for fertility. She wanted to help her fertility. And so she did massive, like they couldn't have sex and they, she was eating quail eggs and like just all this kind of stuff. And they were doing massage and like just everything. They, which, which they typically do they, yeah. and, and a lot of them, but pancha means five and karma is procedure. Interesting. And so those are the Sanskrit words for the five procedures. Now, why would you do a pancha karma for you? See, you would do it because pancha karma is always done to bring the doshas back to balance. So it wants to get rid of excess dosha. It's so specific again to your constitution and your dosha makeup. So like if you're pitta vada or vada pitta, you would be directed in a specific way and which one that you would do. But there's basti, which is an enema, which is typically used to get rid of excess vada. So that's a lot of air movement in the body. There's always a preparation phase. Then there's, you know, the procedure phase. And then there's a rejuvenation phase to panchakarma. And the preparation phase for all of the panchakarmas is usually an oleation. It's oiling the body. It's getting everything to the digestive tract so that it can be eliminated. So that's for vada, getting rid of vada. Now, a varachana is a elimination like it would be like just a, a purgation. They call it purgation. So you're eliminating just like if I would say like an intense laxative, right? So you're bringing everything to the digestive system. You have a series of body treatments that help you do that. You're oiling the body. You're actually taking oil through the mouth specifically prescribed for you certain oils and herbs through the mouth and and the body treatments are oiling your skin which your body absorbs and helps move everything to the digestive system again and then you're given you know an herb decoction that will help you then eliminate everything that you've built up in that system so any kind of panchakarma is really kind of a you're enduring a lot of discomfort in the preparation phase because all that oleation is kind of making a you feel heavy and discomfort in that area because then it's going to be purged either through the basti, which is an enema, or a varachana. The varachana would be the one that would get rid of the excess heat, the excess pitta in the system. But there are things that people can do that are more approachable, I guess, or more adaptable into their daily life that they can help settle some of these issues down just at home. They can topically oil their abdominal area. They can do abdominal massage with certain oils that will help relax the abdominal area. And your skin is your large, your largest organ. So the skin is actually taking in the herbal massage oil or the non-herbal infused. You can use herbal infused, which is Ayurvedic herbal infused massage oil, or you can just use like a, a coconut oil or a sesame oil or an almond oil, just a cold pressed organic oil that is used on the stomach and the abdominal area. And that's really therapeutic because bringing attention to that area is just bringing like what they call a self-love or sneha. And so when you bring that attention to that area, you're self-healing. You're helping yourself heal just by bringing your own energy to that area. 
Now we understand, you know, there's different facets to Panchakarma. And we also understand that you want to do it supervised. You don't want to just look it up and be like, oh, let me do it. You know, you want to do everything supervised. And in the right in the right time, because what happens, and yes. this specifically happened to me, is that you have a preparation phase that can't be overlooked. You need to prep for that. Okay, then you have the where you're actually in the Panchakarma, you're doing the elimination phase. You can't skirt around this. You can't shorten it. You can't cut corners or do it like, you know, drive-through Panchakarma. There is no drive-through <laughs> Panchakarma, okay? Right? Because most people want to do it. But listen, this is what happened to me because I did not pay attention to the rejuvenation phase. So the rejuvenation phase is seven to 10 days or more, even two weeks after you do this to get rid of that excess dosha that you are bringing the body back up. Because you're taking all of that preparation to get rid of that excess dosha and you're paying attention to diet and you're oiling the body and you're getting all that ready. But then you're empty and you're clear. You're in a fragile state. You're in like this infant stage of your digestive tract. So you don't just throw yourself back into regular routine or a routine that you did before. You want to start new and you want to bring everything in lightly. And the diet is very specific for the rejuvenation phase mm. so that you can heal appropriately. And so I shortened my uh, rejuvenation phase in India because I needed to see the Taj Mahal, right? So I wanted to go rush, 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 rush around at the end of my studying there. So I did my Panchakarma and then quickly decided, oh, I want to get seven hours north so I can go see the Taj Mahal. Well, that was that was not really the smart thing to do mm. because after all of that cleansing, I didn't properly rejuvenate. I drove seven hours up. Wow. I was not able to see the Taj Mahal, by the way. Oh, that yeah, was yeah, karma yeah. hitting hitting me in the face but then all of a sudden I get on a plane then home so then you travel and traveling is not advised after your cleansing traveling you shouldn't be traveling for at least a month after you do this like you, oh, wow. if you're going to travel you should be wise about it so you don't want to rush around you know getting on an airplane up and down after panchakarma isn't really advised you should really rejuvenate and and do it somewhere where you know you don't have to jump on an airplane for the interest of time, I'm going to go through the three pillars and I'm going to have you add to them. So first I'm just going to do a, an overview and then I'm going to have you add to it. So the three pillars that Joanne is going to talk about are diet, movement, and meditation. Diet has to do with seasonal eating and specific foods to counteract flares. Movement has to do with massage, yoga positions, massage therapy, Ayurvedic body treatments such as Basti, Karma, and Ab I can't say this, Abhyanga. Abhyanga, yes. Yeah, Abhyanga. Abhyanga massage. And then the third pillar is meditation, breath work, and mental guidance. So let's go into pillar number one, diet. So to reduce this pitta in our system and to counteract flares, what should we be eating? There's a list of foods that pittas shouldn't be taking in when they're in a flare. They're heating foods. They're sharp, pungent, spicy food. But because I can't list them all here for time constraints, I would advise that your listeners go to Ayurveda.com. Dr. Vasant Lad is an amazing Indian doctor that has created the Ayurvedic Institute. So if they go to Ayurveda.com, they can find all of the foods that are good for Pitta and adverse for Pitta. And they have he has amazing charts and all of those are really good to follow. But just for today, they can eliminate foods that are fiery, right? So we think about Pitta as fire. So we don't want to add fire to fire. Yeah. So there's 
pungent foods, there's spicy foods, and pungent is like, we know that's like ethnic uh, spices that we're not used to, you know, um, there's cayenne, there's chili powder, there's anything that puts your mouth on fire, that, that's not advisable for pitta. They want to choose more cooling foods, so you want the opposite effect to happen, so you wanna choose foods that are calming, and specific foods to help pittas are, like aloe vera, is amazing for any digestive issue and specifically you see and i'm not sure if you you have knowledge of that yes yep yes you do so that's good so aloe vera juice is good or if you even have an aloe plant and you can peel off the skin and juice it yourself even better more potent aloe vera is really calming you have the calming herbs like cilantro and mint you want to have Things that aren't sharp, such as garlic and onions, you know, that's why I really like to refer people to the full chart for their dosha. Yeah. Because you just can't list it all yeah. in, in a discussion. Of course. So I'm going to add to that quickly. Um, I agree yes, with garlic please. and onions. I think they're really fiery. I They gave me acid reflux, so you might want to watch on that. Tomatoes, I felt were very fiery for me as well. I also want yes. to talk about in my flair when things were going very badly and kept going down south and I was in that manifestation stage, I thought it would be a good idea and it was a terrible idea to do a heating pad. Uh, yeah, so Joanne's going, oh my God, no. I didn't know what I was doing. Think about this. The fire is overflowing in my body, in my tissues, and everything is so heated in my digestive area, and then I add a heating pad to it. Well, that was a goddamn disaster, as you can imagine. Instead, I would have done better, and I did do better with cooling peppermint oil. That helped. Now, I was so sick at that point, I had to go to the dicycline for the colon spasms, but if I had a smaller flare now, the peppermint oil worked actually pretty well, but I, it, it couldn't get me out of you know stage five, possibly going into stage six. Don't add that fire to fire. I've done that. Bad idea. Yeah, no, no, definitely. <laughs> that goes into like body care and like environmental things and things that you're doing externally. So you want cooling, like the pittas need cooling activities, calming activities, like swimming and cool showers, like nothing overly hot when you're in a flare. And not that pittas can't do hot or warm things normally when they're in balance, but when they're getting out of balance, you have to take it back and cool everything down. A coconut oil massage all over the body, coconut oil is very calming and cooling. That and even on the abdominal area is you know, highly advised. Just some things like ghee. I don't know if you've gotten into yep. ghee, but like oh, yeah. ghee and uh, milk and milk that's like whole milk, like real milk, like raw you know, milk. Yeah. Not, yeah, raw milk. There are heating fruits and there are heating vegetables and heating grains. But again, those are, are chart oriented. You could look at the chart for that. Also, another big factor of this that I just want to say quickly, because we kind of quickly went over it, is seasonal eating. You want to eat according to the season. So that's something, again, when you go on to, is it Ayurveda.com? Is that what you said? Yeah, so Ayurveda.com is the Ayurvedic Institute. It has many resources. So if you go to a resource link, you can find a lot of things on there. The wonderful PDFs, downloadable PDFs. And yeah, that's the site. Yeah, so you want to keep to seasonal eating. I try my best. So for example, seasonal eating, it's fall. So I'm trying to eat pumpkin. That's what I mean by seasonal eating. You know, in the summer, you eat melons. So that's what I mean by seasonal eating. You can look at that because for us to do, we'd have to do a whole episode on it. It would be so long for us to go through the list. So again, Joanne, 
Very good. You can go on to Ayurveda.com. Also go on to LifeSpa.com. I mentioned LifeSpa, Dr. John DeYard in the last episode, so you can do that as well. And then as we move into movement, can you explain what Abhyanga is, Abhyanga massage? An Abhyanga massage is just a specific massage that's done with warm oil where there's certain cycles done on the joints and they stimulate the marma points. And marma is another term in Ayurveda. Those are the subtle energy points on the body. So the Abhyanga is really nice because it's calming the mind down. You can do the oiling of the head, the oiling of the whole entire body, and that's going to bring all the systems down into a relaxed state. One other body treatment I would mention is Sharadara. That's the oiling of the head. You've seen it probably in pictures where the oil comes out of this wonderful um, uh, Indian looking pot and it drips on the third eye into the hair. And that Ayurvedic oil is very therapeutic for calming the mind and the thoughts. And so that also helps because we need to calm all those fiery thoughts down, especially when we have high pitta and just bring everything into the heart area. So that's calming the mental energy or the vada and the pitta that we have in the head. And that's just bringing everything back to the center and the heart and relaxing everything. And again, the last step is meditation. I think you guys know my listeners are very well schooled with breath work and mental guidance. Do you want to add anything else, Joanne? Yeah, I mean, the meditation, again, it's just, it's breath. It's the breath is cooling. So if you can work with the breath work, calming cycles of breath, three to five cycles of breath to start your day before each meal and then before you go to bed. So just paying attention to the uh, nostril breathing in through the nose, out through the back of the throat, and that you'll notice just right away doing three deep breaths. That way you can feel all of the energy ground down from the head into the belly. Perfect. So I'm just going to go through this one more time just so the listeners have a definite overview, and then we're going to find out where we can find Joanne and how we can work with her. So, okay, so the three pillars to help you reduce your pitta, and remember that pitta is the fire in the body, and that is what causes the UC. So we want to reduce that pitta. And the three pillars are diet, movement, and meditation. Diet, seasonal eating, go to Ayurveda.com, go to LifeSpa.com, find out those specific foods you can eat to counteract flares. And remember, for all my listeners, I know it's very individualized. I understand that because we have listeners who don't do dairy, we have listeners who don't do gluten, we have listeners who don't do meat, So, or opposite, their carnivore diet. So just look at those lists and see what is best for you. The number two pillar is movement. Again, we've discussed massage and then basti, B-A-S-T-I, which is the enema, karma, and abhyanga massage. And I do abhyanga massage and it is great. And you can get those oils from lifespa.com. You can get them from... What is it called? Something botanicals. Oh, Banyan Botanicals. Yep, they're great as well. And they also do the oils by the dosha. So that's great as well. And I'm going to spell Abhyanga for you. It's A-B-H-Y-A-N-G-A. Okay. And then also the third pillar that we all know is meditation. And Joanne brought up a really good point of those three to five breaths. So even if you're like, I can't do it, it's too much you can do three to five breaths. So again, diet, movement, 
meditation to reduce that pitta. That's what we're trying to do. And the best thing is we have an expert here that if you would like to learn more and you would like to work with her, we're going to talk about where you can find Joanne. So Joanne, please tell us where we can find you and how we can connect with you. The main site is joannepavin.com, J-O-A-N-N-E-P-A-V-I-N.com. I have a quarterly magazine that I write that's called The Meal, and that's at themeal.net, T-H-E-M-E-A-L.net. I do seasonal eating classes in the fall and the spring, and that is offered, you know, I just offered one, there'll be one offered in the spring. The meal is a great way to understand how to go deeper than just the physical aspect of eating. So how you eat, when you eat, who you eat with is just as important as what you're putting in your mouth. So the behavior around eating and how we really need to slow down and tune into that can help our digestion and our overall health. And in our fast-paced society, people need to slow the <laughs> heck down. <laughs> you can swear on this podcast. It's okay. You can slow the fuck down. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just, I just thought, heck, heck, heck. I watched it. It was so funny because yeah. she was trying so hard not to say it. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. People just need to slow down, and that's going to aid your digestion. If you just slow down, slow down. Everybody, slow down. We all need to. We all need to. So I just want to talk about the meal for a second. The meal is, and you can find it again at themeal.net. It is Joanne's absolutely gorgeous quarterly. I love it. I have them on my dining room table. They're absolutely beautiful. I've had people over and they're like, oh, what is this? This is so pretty. Not only do you obviously want to get the information, but it's also pretty to display. So I just want to say that as well. And Joanne is so generous because she is offering a free issue of the meal to listeners. So what you're going to do is you're going to look in the show notes and I'm going to clarify and I'm going to say, here's the link to your free download. And then you're going to use the code free spirit, all capital letters. And I'm going to put this all in the show notes. So grab that free issue because it's so great. So many great recipes and stories and delving into mind, body, soul, you you can't miss it. And seasonal eating. And well. seasonal eating. I'm sorry. That's a big thing is the seasonal that, eating. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, it is important, really. Absolutely. You know, and I think that once p- people tune into that, they'll find they feel a lot better. You will. And I've noticed with seasonal eating, I do feel a lot better. I try to do it. I'm not perfect at it, but I try to do it the best I can. So again, the meal.net and you can look at, and by the way, you can, you know, purchase for a very reasonable price back issues, right? If they want to, you know, they're like, oh, I'm curious about winter. I'm curious about summer. Correct. I have a whole. I have the whole meal 2021. Yay! Uh, that you can download digitally or in a magazine form, so they can also go back to that. And of course, Jay is helping me with my book that will be coming yeah. soon. That's so exciting. <laughs> and Joanne, just one last thing: Would you like the listeners to follow you on Instagram? Sure. Who couldn't use an extra? I know. Or- Come on. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, um, yeah, those platforms gotta love them. I know. Yes, that would be that would be great to have a new follower. Okay, so at Joanne Pavin, we're going to put that in the show notes as well. So this was a lot to get through today. It really was, you guys, and to have Joanne come on, and this is 
so advanced what she's talking about. And we wanted to give you this huge overview. So then what you can do is you can go ahead and you can look things up yourself and research. And Joanne, I'm sure you're going to come back and we'll talk about maybe just a section of something or more about something, or maybe the listeners want to hear more about Pitta or, you know, whatever it is. And we can talk about stories about your Pitta, my Pitta, (laughs) just all the Pitta. So definitely listeners, if there's something that you really want to hear more about, email me, DM me, let me know. So you guys know in my household, when you just have that perfect shit, it's called a green heart. So what does that mean? That means, you know, you just have the perfect stool. You're so proud of yourself. It's it's formed. It's the perfect color. There's no blood. You tell everyone. You tell your spouse. So, Joanne. I wish you a green heart day. Yes. There we go. Thank you so much, Joanne. Thank you.